I'm Ivy Albright, and today I'm going to be telling my original short story about two neighbors called Glen's Gone Fishing. Canoes aren't meant to take on water. Rather the opposite, actually. Canoes are crafted to glide atop rivers, lakes, and ponds, not fill with enough water to be considered one. I try to express my worry for the matter, but my rather eccentric neighbor, Glenn, insists there's nothing to fuss about, as he uses a battered, rusty coffee can to scoop out the murky water. He does so messily and with a goofy grin. I internally cringe and wonder when his last tetanus shot could have been. Glenn has a sort of demeanor about him where it's hard to change his mind, but even harder to make him mad. He doesn't argue, he only continues doing things his way with a smile. The more irritated his opposer becomes, he is just as passive and chipper. So two weeks ago, when he commented how fun it would be if I'd join him on a fishing trip down the river, while we had a brief conversation by my mailbox, I should have known better than to half-heartedly agree and say, oh yeah, that'd be great. I was under the impression it was like when I see an old high school acquaintance and they spout on about how we should meet up and catch a game sometime or, oh, let's grab a beer one of these days. When we both know full and well, neither of us are actually going to follow through. After my initial show of supposed interest in the notorious river fishing trip, there was no escaping it. No matter how many times I turned him down or made excuses, he somehow talked past them and weaseled me out here. I would almost consider him a con man if it weren't for his perpetually good intentions. I recall I once witnessed him sneaking over to Miss Juniper's porch at dusk with a headlamp, a wheelbarrow filled with wood, and a squeaky toolbox to fix the ramp so she could wheel outside and enjoy the summer weather. He had meant for the best, so no one blamed him when it was found out that the planks he installed were infested with termites. Although it was unfortunate, the problem was only discovered when she wheeled out to the porch only to fall through to the ground. Somehow, we seemed to be making good time sauntering down the river. Even with the canoe resembling swish cheese, mismatched oars, and unsynchronized technique, the water around us is murky but has enough transparency to see the tips of weeds and the occasional minnow. I switch my gaze to Glenn. His whole body leans from side to side as he dips what's more of a hand paddle than an oar into the water. He's a compact man, but not chubby. He has very few grayish-brown hairs on the top of his sun-spotted head. He has more than a few day stubble and grit under his nails. All his features would suggest a workman who's rough around the edges, except for his eyes and his smile lines. If he ever were not smiling, the wrinkles engraved in the corners of his eyes and edges of his mouth would give him away. He's wearing big dark green rubber boots and cargo pants that rival the boat with the amount of holes they display. To finish off his look, he's wearing a dark blue flannel and beige vest with plenty of pockets. What could he possibly need so many pockets for? He has at least six on his pants and four on his vest. I, on the other hand, am dressed in the oldest pair of tackies I own, a dark blue sweater I received two Christmases ago. I don't own any jeans or other casual clothes, except for pajamas. 
Fishing is not an activity I take part in. I prefer chess, golf, and watching others play sports. We interrupt you for a short break with an amazing opportunity to attend the student-directed Bonax at Holliston High School. The drama program is outstanding and the kids work harder than any other to put on these fantastic shows. Specially chosen student leaders have the opportunity to direct and cast their very own one-act play. Whether original or adapted, you won't regret taking a trip to see the kids in action. As we pass some newly vibrant trees, I have to credit Glenn on picking a beautiful weekend to pass his way. It must be nearly peak for autumn colors. You see that one there? She's a swamp maple. They're my favorite. Very pretty. Glenn pointed to a pinkish orange tree on the shoreline. He's right. It's one of the brightest trees I've seen so far. So, uh, Glenn, how far do you usually go for your fishing trips? With any luck, he will say not that far, and our destination will be around the corner. Well, Glenn began, that's the beauty of fishing, this river, Mikey. You never know where it'll take you and how long it will take you to get there. He gave me a new nickname and an incoherent answer. Great. A few minutes pass, and I hear simple whistle tune. Join the chorus of birds around us. I look up to find Glenn joyfully whistling away a familiar song. Glenn stopped all movement and sound as we rounded a bend. What on earth is he doing? I opened my mouth to ask, and he held up one finger to shush me, then slowly turned his finger to a sandbar. I then saw a massive great blue heron looking like royalty wading in the water. Making slow, calculated movements, Glenn reached into one of his vest's many pockets and took out a Nikon camera. He snapped a photo then turned to me with a grin and declared, We are here. It was at that moment I realized there's not a single fishing pole in the vessel. Glenn, you have no poles. How are you going to fish? Glenn just smiled bigger and chuckled to himself. Mikey, we aren't going to fish. We never were. We're just here to enjoy the day. That's it. But... When you invited me, you said, he cut me off. I wanted to show you there's more things to enjoy than your flat screen and brandy bottles. I look at him with his kind eyes and tattered clothes, and suddenly the mud on my expensive shoes doesn't bother me as much, and the musty smell becomes a bit more refreshing. Maybe fishing isn't all that bad. Mm -hmm.